0: What's goody-hop the verse I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the Clean Comedy Workshop, or go to clean slash cleancomedyworkshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it. Last week's episode... You know, I was in the middle of a little a bit of a, a sugar bender. And I'm proud to say that we still are. So, <laughs> but I'm feeling good about it. I'm on the other end of it. So those of you that reached out with concern of sugar consumption, I appreciate you. I hear you. And
1: I receive
0: everything you just said. I receive that. I re- but otherwise, otherwise, good, good. I did... Um, Hop Brethren, Andy Rodman, he's a comedian here in Atlanta, who, he did my classes back in the day, and we've been in touch, and I, I may have been the first, my Java Monkey show may have been the first one he ever did, actually, but he was hosting a show at a, uh, coffee shop slash spice shop, and, um, my sh- show started at 8, I show up at 8.15, Thinking, you know, I was going last, so I was like, I can get there a little bit late. And then um show had not started. Um <laughs> still setting up the sound. Um show probably started around nine. Once the you had to wait for the crowd to arrive. You know, there were two people we were missing, so for sure. We we're able to get to that five threshold, which was really mm-hmm. good for a Friday night in a coffee shop slash spice shop. Yeah. It was really good. It was a good. Yeah. It was just a, I hadn't done, a, I hadn't done a show like that in a while, um, where it's just kind of nothing matters in the sense that the the bar is low, so you can have more fun and be a little more experimental. So for sure, you know, I like to get weird, so I, I was able to get a little weird, and my favorite, Shelley Gruenberg. <laughs> She was on the
1: show, so I smile every time her name comes up. It is she's, she's a delight.
0: Yeah, she's yeah, she's one of, if not one of my favorite like young comics for sure. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. great. So I got to uh, talk to her for a little while and then see her perform really set the weird vibe, mm-hmm. you know. So um, she kind of cracked the door that I could walk through, but uh, she left in the middle of my set. So it's clearly. <laughs> The feeling is mutual Um, And it's one of those where like We're performing basically next to the door Mm -hmm. Where people come in and out So people have to walk right In front of the stage to get out So literally She just gets up in the middle of my set And then just like walks out (laughs) And then She didn't close the door all the way So then someone else had to get up To go pull the door closed all the way Oh my god Yeah yeah. It was. It was. I mean, it was fun. It was one of those. that's just kind of like, yeah, a little loosey goosey set. So I really,
1: uh-huh. for sure. How long? I really did you, enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long did you do? How much time? Uh, twenty. Twenty. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, which was enough in there. Yeah, that's plenty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a hot seven.
0: <laughs> keep it tight. Keep it tight. You know, want to get, get people in and out on their spice, <laughs> spice show. No, but it was a cool event, and I love um, – it's his third one, and um, he said the first two were, like, really, really good turnouts. So it's it's like that thing of, like, running a show that I don't think – people understand until they start to run a show is just that challenge of a consistent audience. Yeah. Like, th- some weeks or some months are going to be sold out, and then others, there's going to be, like, three people, and you're like, what happened? I thought – You know, like running a show, there's just so many moving parts. So I love seeing comedians taking the initiative and just like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to find a place. I'm going to put together a show Mm -hmm. and just make it happen type deal. So it was fun to be a part of this one and just seeing him go through like, oh, well, the first two were home runs. And then this one, I'm trying to figure out now how to sustain this thing. So, yeah. So it, it was all positive. You know, I, I like to joke around and stuff, but it, I j I hadn't been in an environment like that of just like, oh yeah, this is the this is the grind, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good times.
1: Did did you um do any shows? Uh what did I do this weekend? I did fifty first jokes. Oh, where... yeah, that looked like it was packed. It was packed. Um I don't know what the sellout capacity is, but all the seats were taken. So great show just overall. Um, it was good. Uh, I ran, I did have, you know, fifty first jokes is like the concept is right. You perform the first joke that you've written for the year and you just like, you know, just do it. And I was able to run through it like the Wednesday, the show was on Saturday and I did like, uh, I went to, uh, freedom brewery out and coming to mm-hmm. run the set to actually run that run those bits so it was good to at least have like that practice run before it um and it's funny because i don't know if you ever feel like this where at the show it didn't feel great i was like oh mm. it was okay like i just felt fine about it um and then i got the recording and it was much better than what i thought it was yeah. you f- like like I don't know what that is, but I'm like starting to I'm not doubting it, but it's just like I don't like that feeling of feeling like it didn't go well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's usually it's usually never as bad as you think it is. And it's also usually never as good as you think it is. Like I've listened back on some things I thought were grand slams. And then I was like, oh, I stumbled here. I missed that one. Oh, I the timing was off. So it's like I did. I have found that. It's usually not as bad as you think, and it's usually not as good yeah. either. So it's, you're just okay. staying in the middle,
1: you know. Okay. That's probably a good bar then because then I was thoroughly surprised. I was like, oh, I went much better than I thought, that I thought it was while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, – and I think, you know, I think the good thing, what I like about 51st Jokes is, you know – you might hear this joke later on as like a fully fledged out like set and you got to try it out for the first time. So it's like, I mean, it's pretty much like open mic kind of like on steroids, but then I like the fact that I'm going to, cause I think the last time I did it was maybe like a couple years ago and I got an amazing bit out of it about minivans. That's become like a staple mm. in my jokes now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that first time I did the minivans joke was at 51st. Um, and then it transformed into a much better joke than it is, then. So, that's
0: I love that about the Right Ten Club too. That yeah. people started writing jokes in there that are now a part of their sets, yeah. uh, which I love. Which if you guys aren't in the Facebook group yet, we do a daily joke writing contest. So definitely go join that Facebook group. But it really is. That's um, a cool event. I did it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is a really cool idea and a way to get the whole community together as well. Yeah. Which is always fun and important. It's always fun. Um, which, speaking of the comedy community, there there were two things I want to talk about rumbling about in the comedy world. Uh, and shout out to everyone that appreciated our trends prediction last week on last week's episode. Yeah, and also hard. the uh, comics to watch caitlin palufo uh commented with hearts on the nice. post and she like reached out so it was um just grateful so it was really cool you know like how we've done things showcasing comedians they seem to appreciate it like paul Versey has been very complimentary of us reviewing his special earthquake
1: you know so there's something
0: there's something to
1: that there yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. If Caitlin comes out with a special, I want to be there. Cause that I think is...
0: she taped one or she Did taped she... an album this past year. Did she? I'm 99% sure. I'm pretty sure she said it was an album too, but I would imagine she would film it. I can't imagine. Yeah.
1: Okay. I got to check that out then.
0: Cause I don't know I... if it's out yet, but I know she's re- oh, pretty okay. sure she recorded it got it um yeah so that was cool to see so um keeping on trend of the positive uh, comedy trend um cat williams and all of his infinite optimism and positivity <laughs> that he set ablaze on the internet
1: set very recently blaze
0: and you and you know this this whole show is about cultivating the next generation of self-made comics And you and I were talking about, okay, this happened, and there's a lot of chatter around what's true, what's not, what are like the celebrities' reactions to what he said and stuff. But I think there's practical lessons to be learned and takeaways just from the whole thing that comedians can really apply to help them maybe avoid some, not loopholes, avoid some fall... (laughs) Uh, what are they called avoid not potholes um it's like when you're avoiding certain things potholes we'll we'll go with potholes we're in atlanta so it's very topical (laughs) but yeah learning from the cat williams situation to help them oh i thought i would flow into it (laughs) if i remember it i'll say it randomly later in the episode i'll just yell it out But, yeah, Yeah. I think beyond just, like, the the trending topics of the gossip and whatnot, I think there are some practical things. Younger comedians can take away and more experienced comedians and just how to navigate this
1: comedy game. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, I think one of the big things for sure is, you know, outside of all the just the rumor of everything.
0: Pitfalls. And I will say I only know that because people in the comments told me. (laughs) <laughs> we had yvonne kelly jason singer in the twisted Trinity radio show and pitfalls
1: yeah they're about the same
0: so that's that's one of the perks of attending these live streams we do every tuesday at
1: five <laughs> all right yeah um what i was saying is I, I think one of the definitely pitfalls around sort of all the stuff that he was talking about outside of like the celebrity gossip and because i think people are very interested in that right like People are very interested in, you know, what he had to say about, you know, other comedians, right? And, you know, we know that that's the kind of stuff that very clickbaity, very much gets the attention. The algorithms love it. Any kind of conflict like that, that's what, you know, I hate to say it, but that's like what the algorithm likes, right? And that's what gets shared the most. It's tension. It's conflict. Uh, It may not be positive, but it's like conflict. So it's like, okay – how can we talk a lot about this in a, in a way? I think one big thing that I would say that he definitely sort of touched on is what came out of everyone who has worked with Cat Williams after the interview came out. Like, I saw a lot of posts from a lot of comedians who have worked with Cat Williams, and I, maybe 50. Maybe 50 comedians came out who have worked with Cat Williams. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those posts were about how positive and how supportive he is as a comedian. So one lesson, and he mentioned it, is about just being good to the people that you work with and being Mm -hmm. good to like the staff, the clubs, anyone that you're surrounded by. Be good to those people. And a lot of the statements from the comedians that came out were just mostly about how He like let's say the gig he told you what the gig was paying, let's say it was like five hundred bucks to open or to do like five minutes, and he dropped fifteen hundred dollars in there, Mm. like all cash, Mm. like like a lot of those stories, like a lot of them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he came to my Java Monkey show one time randomly. Oh, that's he came to the show. Yeah. And just watched. And um I like went and talked to him and asked him if he wanted to perform or whatever and he was like, you know, no. Like he was just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Um and we took a photo and all that after the show and he he gave all the comedians on the show uh money. Wow. I don't know how much cuz he didn't give me any. I still <laughs> am not
1: quite sure why. Um <laughs> he probably he was like this guy probably owns the place. He'll be okay. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, he doesn't know I'm a dishwasher living in like a studio apartment in the basement in the hood of Atlanta. I'm like, yo, I'm I'm living off these day olds this cafe's given me, you know, <laughs> but um uh, yeah, so he didn't slip me any, but um super nice. Yeah, and he gave all the the comedians on the show Monday uh some money and I think it was a significant amount. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's so many stories of him and just just the being, generosity. Just being a good person, a genuinely good, authentic person. So I have no personal experience to say otherwise.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably the reason behind why he is able to say all the stuff that he has said is because he's been good to people. You know what I mean? Like. There's a difference if you haven't been good to people and then all of a sudden you start saying stuff because then people can come back and be like, well, you're not a good person kind of thing Mm -hmm. or like you're not who you say you are. But that hasn't been the case, right? And I think it's harder to make that case against Kat because you can't say that he's not good to comedians, right? And I think, you know, (laughs) I think it's funny that we also have to remember that part of the show was he was drinking. (laughs) This is what happens when you're drinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a little loose, just talking talking a little bit of smack. You know what I mean? Like and I think what we got was an interview. This is what happens when two drunk people get together. You you spill a lot of tea. Man, it's one time and then bam bam bam. Right? And we just yeah. heard it for three three hours. And that's what we got. Right? Any yeah. lessons that you took from it?
0: Yeah, I think the big one, especially for like comedians. To take away I think is like the networking aspect of comedy. I think you I'm sure there's like a lot of times you may be at an open mic where there's 25 comedians and you're 23rd and then (laughs) one of the host friends walks in and they get to go up in front of you and then leave after type deal. You know, so I'm sure there's there's feelings. In that moment where you're like, I'm going to tell this host off or like, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind or get mad on stage and like trash the room or whatever. Yeah. But remember, like how you treat people on the way up is going to have a lot to do with how you're treated on the way down Mm. and you never, ever, ever know who may be hosting an open mic At, like, a Moose Lodge. One day, maybe running, like, the biggest shows in the city, in the region. And they may be, like, booking everything. So, it's remembering, yeah, at all times, that old motto of be nice and be funny. Just really be mindful of how you treat your fellow comedian. And that comes back around. So, I think Cat Williams... Has said a lot of things that have come back around. Things from the past that he's just airing out now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, feeling compelled to. So just be mindful of um, being a good person and nice to work with. Because it'll come back to bite you at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. People don't forget.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that, that was the big one for me. I was just trying to add a, a new point of view on that whole topic beyond did you hear what he said about Steve Harvey and Steve Harvey clap back and all that, you know, yeah. for, I mean, those videos are out there and whatnot, so you guys can check them out, yeah. but that's not, not here. What we're we don't about. Do that here. No, yeah. we don't want views.
1: What are you talking about? Unless Steve Harvey wants to come on here and defend himself. Yeah. Then, big facts. Then, then. big facts.
0: <laughs> but it was a good one. Yeah, it was, um, it's a good interview. I think I, I think all comedians should really listen to. I mean, he he talked about his experience working with like Bill Ingvall and yeah, like yeah, just Foxworthy. He, he talked it. about a lot of things, um, moving from city to city to city yep. around uh, California because mm-hmm. they had different demographics. He could learn how to entertain. Yep, and um, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's no joke. Um,
1: yeah. Cat Williams is prolific. Yeah, he is kind of on a I know it's weird, but like he's kind of on a planet by himself in the sense that his audience has stayed with him the entire time. Like if you're a fan of Cat Williams and you've always been a fan of Cat Williams, he's delivered for his fans for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the last time he didn't have like a sold out show that dude sells out regularly Mm -hmm. consistently. Oh, and that's the other thing i I must say about this is like being a person who's has a marketing background, let's not forget that this is also like entertainment, right, and all yes. the stuff that he said, all the you know despite what you feel about it, what you don't feel about it, it's also very much goes into what we do as comedians. a lot of it is entertainment. Cat Williams then released his tour. Right yes. after the interview came out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have to understand that that is not on accident. That is a marketing play where he's like, I'm going to go on this podcast, right? I'm going to say some things on this podcast, right? And if things work out, right, like the 42 million views that it's gotten, like, in three, four days or whatever it was. Good Ridiculous. Golly. Right? Right. And then I'm going to capitalize on this by going on tour with some of my best friends. I mean, he talked about Mark Curry on the podcast. Mark Curry's on the tour with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's like don't get it twisted. We're also in a business. <laughs> and that was one phenomenal marketing play that he did yes. right there.
0: For sure. And I also think um, Tori Hart, who is – um. Kevin Hart's ex-wife is on tour with Cat Williams. Nice. <laughs> I think I just saw them posting that. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty good. Yep. And
1: um, shout Next out to Hot Brother and Williams' wife on the, on the, on tour yeah, as dude. well. It's crazy. 40 <laughs> <He's
0: 4D> chess. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was going to shout out William Lombombard, who actually – he messaged me about the interview saying should definitely check this out. Before, it had all
1: blown up, so it was really cool to see. Nice. Yeah, but that's Ah. not surprising. I mean, and the other thing is we as, like, social media people – we jump on trends real quick, and that's part of why it also blew up is everybody jumped on it, started sharing it, and it became like – I mean it became the true sensation of viral, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And it's probably going to be viral for probably the next like month, you know what I mean, before something else replaces it. But this is – I mean Cat Williams has made it into the zeitgeist of just news, just regular news. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that doesn't happen every day.
0: Well, another comedian who has made it into the news mm-hmm. is Mr. Joe Coy. Joe Coy. Yeah. In the news for better or worse. For better or worse. Um, my man hosted
1: the Golden Globes. Yeah. Did you see the set? I did see the set. I saw the set, and I will say, there was a lot of consistent laughs in the set. Where I think he got like in trouble was when they started to pan on different people that he was talking about and their reactions to the set. I'm not gonna say the set was great. It wasn't great by all means. It wasn't. like Some of it was good, but some of it just wasn't great writing. And here's how I can tell. Because, like, you could just tell that wasn't, like, Joe Coy's voice saying those jokes. Well, he he mentioned several times that he didn't write the... (laughs) Yeah, he was like, yeah, you guys are laughing at the stuff that I did write. He's like, you guys are laughing at the stuff I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think you could just tell that, like, there was just... His voice wasn't, like, activated into the entire set. There were just things that they wanted to say or wanted to joke about that probably came off just a little, just a little, like, not great writing. That's, that's the big, biggest thing I can attribute to. Just wasn't great writing. Yeah, the, um, my favorite post I saw
0: about it was a comedian, Pete Johansson tweeted that I think all comics can learn a valuable lesson from Joe Coy at the Golden Globes. Never accept a corporate gig where the booker asks you to make fun of some of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, it's just a, that's a tough gig. And he didn't, he didn't, um, and I'm not judging his approach to this at all. I mean, he's hosting the Golden Globes. This guy sells out arenas. He, he's yeah. doing great. Um, he didn't really establish himself. Boom. At right the there,
1: right there. Yeah, I don't think any, and I don't know if anyone's in that room like knows who Joe Coy is just as a community. I mean, I'm sure a couple people know him, but do they know him? Know him in terms of like his style, and like, like my favorite joke was the joke that he made about his mom loving Meryl Streep, like mm-hmm. that. That is Joe Coy. That's the stuff that we just know that that's like that's his style. So I think you're right. I think he was given kind of a disadvantage overall. Um, But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think the Golden Globes actually never work if people do well on them. (laughs) Because as soon as it's over, and then, like, what are they going to talk about? You can't talk about the awards. You can't talk about, like, who won or who didn't win because people just accept those as it is. What are you going to talk about? So this keeps them, like... In the zeitgeist, I know I keep talking about it from a marketing perspective, but it keeps people talking about the Golden Globes for a little bit. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Otherwise, we definitely wouldn't be talking about them right now. No,
1: no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And he said, and he had ten days to prepare
1: for it. He, he had said. ten days to prepare, and he had to watch all the movies that were a part of it. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got to watch all those movies so so he can actually make jokes. So he made like he made a joke about Saltburn.
0: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, which was I haven't seen it yet, but I would have hated that I had to watch all the movies to say the jokes. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It was interesting <laughs> Freedom 20 asked if he should have blamed his writers on air.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's fine. Good. Like here's the thing. He got hired 10 days Beforehand, right? Um, I'm sure the Golden Globes didn't want anyone or everyone knowing that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, so what? The writers aren't like, they're not, they're not like. I I don't know. I think it's okay to blame the writers if it's not going well in the way that he did. But he didn't poop on them in the sense of saying, uh, that this was bad. He was just like, yeah, this is. <laughs> These yeah, are not my words. Yeah, it, yeah. You're,
0: I mean, when you're, you know, when you're on stage, you and your back's against the wall, and it's not going well. You'll say anything, <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything, anything you think is gonna get you a little, your head a little bit above water. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, he did it. He didn't do it in a malicious way, no, or anything. No, no, so, no. yeah, he, yeah, he's fine in that sense. I think a big lesson for comedians is like you're not immune. So. Joe, Joe Coy is literally one of the biggest comedians in
1: the world. Yeah. And, and one even thing,
0: he has sets where he struggles.
1: Yeah. And one thing to remember is this is not a reflection of Joe Coy's comedy. Those were not his jokes. Oh, no, and no. That was no, not no, his no. entire set. Joe Coy, on any given day, destroys theaters. Like, yes. And any comedian who's ever worked with him will tell you the exact same thing. That dude is an absolute. Beast. Mm-hmm. What you saw was like Joe Coy at like twenty five percent or fifty percent of the jokes that he got to write. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just wasn't like it wasn't true Joe Coy, and I knew you could tell it wasn't true Joe Coy because he couldn't make anything personal, and that's what who he is as a comedian. Most of his material is super personal stuff to him, his life, his family, and all that.
0: Yeah, and if people don't know, I think that's a thing for comedians also is like opening your set with something that's uh, autobiographical or something yeah. that's personal. Something that sets the it tone establishes you. Yeah. for who you are. It introduces you like a, a, a set is like a first date. So the, at the beginning of it, you really just want to be a little more general, introductory, here's a little bit about yeah. me type deal. And yeah. with, and his job is to go up there and make jokes about the people in the room and the project. So it's tough to have that, but even like maybe one opener that just kind of, for people that don't know who he is sets like a tone of here's who I am. Here's a example of my temperament and my sense of humor and what to expect yeah. for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah instead yeah. of just jumping in and roasting right away. But, yeah. um, I, I, who you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in what looks like the waiting room of a hospital <laughs> recording, you know, a podcast
1: while he's selling out arenas. So, I mean, here's the thing. Joe Coy, if you need some writers, I got you. I do watch I do watch movies, so I definitely know jokes about movies. I didn't watch all the movies that were in that on the best uh, movies list, but I watched a good amount of them. But I I pull up. I pull up. So
0: comedians, when you have a bad set, you know, remember, oh, wow, comedy's hard. And (laughs) even, like, comedians like Joe Coy can struggle. You know, Chappelle got booed not that many years ago. Um, Like, it, it happens to all of us. So just know that when you are struggling, that means you're trying. And it's supposed to be difficult yeah so just just embrace that cuz mm-hmm. that is the reality that <laughs> is it's hard and it's and it's a grind and you have to be on stage a lot and you have to make sacrifices as much as possible as much as you're willing to for comedy yeah. you know it it's um yeah it's not easy but you can learn oh my gosh if joe coy struggled then okay cool i struggle too like we're all just comedians trying to yeah. figure this out at every level so definitely see it as a positive. yeah
1: definitely at a different level you struggle at an open mic <laughs> it's not yes. the same as joe coy struggling at the golden the globes, globes. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but just it's the same thing guys that it happens it does happen no matter what level you're at like exactly i mean that's the most humbling thing ever was mm-hmm. was the golden globes no was the Golden Globes Chris Rock, was that last year? Was that the Golden Globes or something else?
0: Did he get slapped? Yeah. No, that was the Oscars. That was Oscars, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, just know you're not going to have great sets all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another good example. Oh, um, Cinema Quirk said he posted a picture of himself in the writer's room. <laughs> like three days beforehand. That's lasted them. That's hilarious. Oh, uh, we do have a question in the live chat here. Oh, and Joan liked his Robert De Niro joke. Oh, was
1: so good. That's yeah, so
0: good. yeah, it was. I mean, it's. I think it's worth watching for comedians all around. You know, I think it's definitely worth watching. And I actually thought when he go attacks the audience a little bit of like, well, what did you expect? I had ten days. It's not going to be a perfect monologue. And he kind of <laughs> breaks character a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which he does a few times throughout the set, which was really funny. But I yeah. thought after he does it the first time, it really put a little extra umph into the set. And I thought it really hit a next level once he was just like, yo, relax. I had 10 days, like, just chill type deal. Um, I thought the set really took off after that. But, yeah, yeah, it was up, it was up and down. And it was funny to hear, see him react in the moment to it as like a professional arena act for him to have those even little throwaway lines that comedians will do when something doesn't work to see him at that level at the golden globes. Like, you know, I didn't even write this, you know, I mean, you know, you're right. You're laughing at stuff I wrote, but not, not what these writers wrote. It's just very funny. Yeah. Um, so the question he, in the live chat, which if if you're listening to this and you don't know, we do these live streams every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Uh, Rob Augusta, my goal is to be a clean comic because I'm starting out. Should I just worry about creating as much material, clean or dirty, as possible, or try to filter it? Well, I'll say for the... Second part of trying to filter it or not. I think a good tip I got. I think it was when I interviewed Kostaki Kanamopoulos, who so an that amazing fast. Yeah, Kostaki Kanamopoulos, Kostaki Kanamopoulos, Kostaki Economopoulos. <laughs> Kostocki Economopoulos, Kostocki Economopoulos. <laughs> but um, veteran comic killer comedian and writer. Man. Yeah. And one thing he talked about with clean comedy is people think when you write clean. That it one starts clean or they think if they think of something dirty that it's wrong or bad and they should just ignore that premise and try to think of something clean. They try to think of something clean. Yeah. But what he said is don't uh like stifle the creative process. If you think of something dirty, keep writing the funny around that. Try to figure out funny punchlines around that. And when... It's just don't stop at dirty. Like Just because you think of something dirty, just don't make that the destination. Make that a, a checkpoint that, oh, you're on the right track. Here's a premise you're interested in. Now mm-hmm. keep doing the extra writing to find the clean angle or the way to reword it so it's clean. Don't necessarily think you have to think and clean and write clean. Yeah. Just be willing to, even if it's a dirty idea, put in the extra effort to refine it into something clean so that just popped in my head thinking of filter and then that puts you in a parameter of like we'll have to write this one certain way but the more open you can be it's a creative process like anything else so you you want to be as organic as possible so don't try to filter out the dirty stuff just when you think of something dirty be like all right well how can i write that
1: clean yeah um Yeah. I mean, I think when it it comes to trying to figure out clean or dirty, I think you just have to go with your gut on what you think funny is and are you okay with that stuff coming out of your mouth for the audiences that you want to. One thing to remember is you are your jokes. So if someone hears you and you've got this dirty joke, is that how you want to be represented? every time they hear you like you just have to think about that like that's not a thing that you you can get away from like if you make you know if you make a eating babies joke is that a joke that you want to be known for Mm -hmm. many of people at open mics love eating babies joke (laughs) right and it's like all right but in my mind i'm like oh that's the comedian who does the eating babies bit Yeah. And am I going to book that person? Probably not. (laughs) Like, that's his bit. (laughs) Like, that's what he that's what he's representing himself as. So I think it's important to know, like, I think there's a brand element to like the way that you write jokes. I mean, not the way, but like writing jokes. But yeah, don't always start dirty. If you can clean it up, by all means, clean it up. But just remember, like, you also have to think about your audience. Remember, if you do clean, right, you can perform at any community center, pretty much anywhere and everywhere is wide open for you, completely wide open. There's not a single place that will not have you on a show if you are a clean comedian. But if you go dirty, now you're limited to comedy clubs. Now you're limited to certain places, right? Just know that, right? You can't do a cruise ship if you're dirty. It's got to be. It's funny. I was
0: literally. uh, We talked about Shelly earlier. And that's. And we were talking about like clean comedy and whatnot. And even. And like my advice was even just being able to do a clean set. You don't necessarily have to be a clean comedian or whatever. But if on the off chance a company wants to pay you to perform at their like company potluck yeah and they're gonna pay you more on that one 20 to 40 minute gig than (laughs) you made maybe that whole month literally (laughs) (laughs) you want to be able to say yes oh yes i can i i can do a clean set like it's it's just economics that if you if you're clean more people can hear your comedy so more people can book you more people can buy tickets i mean that's
1: That's the reality of being clean. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't be dirty. You just got to know how to do a clean set.
0: And if you do corporate,
1: you got to do long clean sets. You got to do 30, 45, 60s, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So you got to be able to have an hour of material that is clean, that has nothing. Like that's even on the line of HR where HR would have a problem with your set. And so Mm – um yeah it's just a good thing to know now it doesn't mean that you can't do other stuff or you can't do other spots but just know you start to limit yourself if all you want to do is dirty
0: yeah and i think we talked about touched on it a little bit did we talk about this a little bit last week just trying to think i thought i was following a train of thought with clean comedy being able to do it but um Oh, we talk about developing an hour and how long it actually takes mm-hmm. and how many people are putting out hours now. So, yeah, when you're when people hear, oh, gosh, well, I need an hour of clean material to do a corporate gig, but I'm a dirty chameleon right now. How will I ever get clean? I mean, it's all super incremental and just write things that you enjoy yeah. and that you don't mind trying out at open mics In front of three people on a Tuesday at midnight type deal. You know, just talk about things you enjoy. Yeah. And if you want to be clean, then just rework your jokes to be clean. You know, I've done a workshop on that before. Because there are ways you can make a dirty joke clean and it still hit. And it may even hit uh, harder than it did when it was just dirty. And I saw Freedom20 in the comments asked if writing dirtier is easier than clean. Which I've heard people say that, but I, personally, I mean, writing is hard in general.
1: Yeah, I think it's you know? just based on the person. I think yeah. if you think you're writing that – if you're like, man, I can never write clean. Well, you're just not <laughs> – may just not be like your thoughts just aren't clean <laughs> when they come out. You know what I mean? That just mm-hmm. may be what it is versus if you're like, man, I can never write – I know people that said I can't write dirty and i think part of it is there's a lot of people that think about when they perform they got to perform like in front of their parents or perform in front of grandparents and things like that and they keep that in mind as they're writing i mean even nate bargazzi he's very much like i don't want i don't want to offend anybody and i don't want to be mean so mm-hmm. i write nothing that is mean to anyone and so he's doing just fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he, he's selling out arenas, too. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's doing he just dandy. Yeah, he didn't make it on Cat Williams' lists. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Yeah, he dodged that bullet.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's all it's all personal preference. Yeah. Um, Dude, I don't know why a Cat Williams and Nate Bargatze tour sounds amazing to so me. So funny. Well, Cat talked about working with, like, Bill Ingvall. Oh, yeah, yeah, Super clean know, comics. yeah.
0: So, I mean, so they would probably hit it off.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, Jordan Lieben posted a quote from Ralphie May saying, if you learn to write clean, you can always write dirty. If you learn to write dirty, it's hard to write clean. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a little harder.
1: Yeah. But I've you're... heard it both ways. I, I really have. It, it's it's
0: personal preference For sure at, at the end of the day But it is good to at least have a clean set That you could make money doing
1: <laughs> yeah, Which, like money.
0: <laughs> you know Welcome to comedy, everyone But it's not paved in gold I'll tell you that Oh, and Dan Ratner asked if clean is G or PG or PG-13 That's all really personal preference, too Like, when you get booked... To do a clean show, you want to make sure that you talk to them about what's off limits, what is good to talk about. Are there certain words I can't say? Are there certain topics not to cover? Like, really talk with whoever's booking you and be like, what is is your definition of clean? What do you need from me for this performance, basically? Because everyone has a different definition. An expectation on what's clean or not. So you want to get all that info out up front, so there's no confusion on your end or after the show if they want to complain about something that they didn't even mention beforehand. Yeah, facts. But yeah, that's a good um, that's a that's a good good question there. But I I, I just I just prefer. My natural sense of humor goes to being clean. I, like when I'm on other podcasts, people ask me about clean comedy, like it's. I don't, I don't, like I don't know, like um, like you're clean. It's like how do you, how do you do that? Like what do you? You mean yeah. you're a clean comedian? Like I don't. They say it like it's. It's just. It's just a personal preference and personal choice. So I never yeah. tell comedians they should or. Shouldn't do anything. I just share my point of view based on personal, professional experience. But yes.
1: You yeah. do you, boo. You do you. I, I like being clean, but I also don't mind being dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I remember we did, we did a run of shows <laughs> where you were the clean one and I was the dirty one. And they enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean and we and you. I remember asking. I was like, Joel, is this a clean show? He was like, and you were like, No, it's not. They were they're okay with being dirty. I was like, All right, cool. We're gonna get dirty. Yeah. And what what's so
0: funny is um. Yeah, I don't know. So when I sometimes when I am dirty, it just feels inauthentic, or I feel like I'm <laughs> disappointing someone. <laughs> Like, I feel like there's an aunt in the audience like, oh, look at him trying to be cool. You know what I mean? It feels like that. Yeah. The sugar withdrawals are about to start. It's going to be bad. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to be healthier than ever. It's just every day. Every single day. You got to Choose to be the right person and and there's there's the bad boy bad boy husky joel husky joel wants to come out and play he's been running wild we appreciate those of you that hang out with us on the live and those of you that listen to us after whenever farley just gave us a super chat so a good way to get your question answered is a super chat so we're about to leave but (laughs) mr farley posted he says bookers think i'm funny but i can't put butts in seats so they won't book me
1: what should i do that is a good question and i would say I think the big key in answering that question is to figure out how you can put butts in seats. You have to remember a booker's job is to book somebody who will put butts in seats. They wanna fill the audience as much as possible every single weekend. Now, not everybody knows every comedian that comes out. Some people go out and they're like, oh, we're just gonna go to the local comedy club. Whoever's there, we don't care who it is. And then there's some people who are like, oh, I like this comedian. I will go see them in this town at this time kind of thing. So it's about what can you do as sort of your own marketing that actually gets people to the location. I know comedians that, you know, I remember Kevin Hart, everywhere he went, he had like an email list. Every club that he went to, he had an email list that he would make everybody sign before they came in. And then every time he came back to that city, he would send out that email list and let everybody know, yo, I'm back in your city. Come check me out again kind of thing. I mean, that's not difficult to do as a comedian to sort of get emails from people. So, yeah, definitely just I would say just find ways because putting butts in seats is a part of the business. Yep. Not forget that. It's still a part of the business. Yep. You got to do that. So. Yep there's not going to be too many clubs that just take chances on you. And if they do, that's great. <laughs> or they're like, it doesn't matter who we put here. We as the club will put the butts in seats. So you just deliver as a comedian. And we'll take care yeah, of it. Yeah,
0: and you also don't have to think of it when you think of social media, then it's a lot of us will default to, "Oh my gosh, I need to go viral and entertain everyone on the world." Honestly, if you're in Um, if you're in Toronto, Canada, it's like, all right, I'm trying to sell tickets in Toronto for like a local show. You could just build a local Toronto following. You know, I've interviewed a few comedians. Top of mind is Josh Black in Nashville, who created skits specific to Nashville and then goes like, quote, Nashville viral. And then he started selling out. Like a showcase at Zany's. He started like getting brand deals and stuff. So a lot of times I think we can think, or I know I will, of social media and be like, well, I got to post for the world to see. Well, it's like, I mean, just think locally, too. And how could you build a local following? And another route, if it's not building a following to sell tickets for this booker, it's putting on your own show. If bookers aren't booking you, then... Put on your own show like we talked about it earlier with uh, the show I did with Hot Brother and Andy Rodman who's just a comedian who was like, I want to start my own thing. And now he's produced three shows at this venue. So you could go both ways of trying to build a following to get Booker's attention or also start your own show and book yourself and get the stage time that way. There's kind of a few ways you can go with it. Facts. Beautiful. But, uh, great question, though. Great question. And some good, 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 uh, good, good topics today. I think if people, the, uh, the Joe Coy discussion actually started in our Facebook group. So, if you guys aren't in our Facebook group yet, go join that. We you can connect with Yoshi and I and other comedians in the Hot Breath of So, a lot of good discussions and writing prompts going on in there. Help hope y'all level up. Your comedy
1: games. We love you all. Bye. Bye, y'all. What's
0: goody, How breath the verse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash clean comedy workshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it.